0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another new episode of the Focus Point podcast. I'm glad you've decided to give this a listen and make it a part of your day. I hope it encourages you and blesses you. Please share it along with your family and your friends. And I hope you will go and check out more information and more videos and other blog posts and podcast episodes at thepointoffocus.com, And just hopefully what Uh, this last installment of the gyra series will do for you today. And just the understanding of all of the different things that God has provided, not just what we've talked about in this series of episodes. Like I said, this is the last episode in the series, but God provides uh, many, many things for us, not just these select things that we've talked about. I was focusing on Genesis 22 a lot for this series and what God provided in all of that and throughout the other parts when we talk about how God just provided Abraham with what he needed when he was sacrificing Isaac um and how God provided that lamb and that uh that he needed and then we talked about how God also provided him with strength and even comfort we didn't talk very much about the comfort there but God did provide Abraham with comfort. And we talked about how God being the God of all comfort. And we also talked about how God provides us love. And so when we look back at all of these things that we've talked about a little bit more though, coming from the point of love that I want to talk about, kind of piggybacking on some of the things that was talked about in that episode, when we talked about how God provides love. And so when, uh, we look back at this, we're going to see how God provides us with a way. And God has always made a way for his people. God provided Noah and his family with a way to survive the flood. God made a way for Israel to cross the Red Sea. God provided a way for Israel to defeat Jericho. God provided a way for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to survive the fiery furnace. God provided a way for Daniel to survive the lion's den. And I'm sure there's a lot more, but you get the idea, right? We're, we're getting this idea that God provides a way for us. But there's another way that God made for us that I want to look at in this episode. Throughout the Old Testament, God tried many different things that help his people overcome the punishment for their sins. He set up a sacrifice system that was done one day of year, and that was called the Day of Atonement. But God also realized that this system wasn't going to be a long-term fix. There needed to be a once-and-for-all sacrifice that would pay for the sins of the world, past, present, and future. As we know, the punishment for sin is death, as it says in Romans 6.23, and something has to die to forgive sins. Often I look back at like what had to die with Adam and Eve because of their sin by eating the apple. Well, they didn't physically die, but their relationship with God died. When Noah, the people of the earth died and Noah was kept safe because of his righteousness and his good standing with God. And the the people of the earth took the punishment for the sin when God wiped it out. Fast forward in the Bible a little bit and we see once again the punishment being taken by the people for when they disobeyed God. Okay? And so we're going to get into a little bit more about the Day of Atonement and all of that in just a little bit. But right now I want to look at Exodus 32 and the story of the golden calf. Now Moses had gone up to Mount Sinai to talk with God, and he was actually getting the stone tablets. He was getting the Ten Commandments from God. He had been gone for some time, and the people of Israel started to grow impatient. They also went to Aaron, and they said... And this is um, Exodus 32, verse 1, where it says, Come on, they said, make us a God who can lead us. We don't know what's happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So they were kind of already getting antsy feet, antsy antsy feet, (laughs) because God had Moses up there for so long. So Aaron makes a golden calf out of the people's jewelry. The people started to worship it and praise the golden calf that Aaron had made. Meanwhile, on the mountain, God was taking note of the people's actions and tells Moses that he needs to get down there because they're out of control and have quickly turned away. Moses goes down the mountain and sees the people dancing and praising the golden calf. It says in Exodus 32:20, he took the calf they had made, burned it, ground it into powder, threw it into the water and forced the people to drink it. But that wasn't all. They had sinned against God. They had broken one of the Ten Commandments. You must not have any other God before me. And as I said, the punishment for sin is death. Right? In Romans 6.23, the punishment for sin is death. And, that, and at this point, the punishment was still on the people. And so the people who worshipped the golden calf were killed. But this was a way of dealing. But this way of dealing with the payment of sin wasn't working out. God had a different way the Day of Atonement. So, in the Day of Atonement. Now, the Day of Atonement is tiring at best, simply because of its long-winded, like, uh, procedure and processes and requirements that Aaron had to go through. So, the Day of Atonement was the day... Where Aaron could enter the most holy place of the tabernacle. The tabernacle was selected into three parts. And the the holy place, the most holy place where God dwelt, where the Ark of the Covenant was, was behind this big veil. And you could only go in there in the presence of God if you had followed the appropriate steps. Otherwise, you couldn't go in there. And this was the only time and this was the only person that could go in there. So... God was present there, and they would make sacrifices for the sins of the people there. But that wasn't as easy. As I said, Aaron had to follow strict instructions from God in order to enter the most holy place and make the sacrifice. Aaron had to take a bath and put on special clothes, tie tie the clothes together with a sash, wear a cloth turban on his head. He had to go through this whole ritual and this whole process for him to be clean and made right, in the eyes of God but that wasn't it he just didn't have to dress the way God had laid out he also had to make a sacrifice for his sins and the sins of his family this was done so he could stand in the presence of God he would then take two male goats to the entrance of the tabernacle cast lots to determine which goat would be used for the sacrifice and one as the scapegoat, which I'll talk about both of those goats here in just a second but I want to know that I want you to know that this is all in Leviticus sixteen. I'm kind of putting it in a nutshell, but Leviticus sixteen spells out the entire thing. So you can go check that out uh, as I'm paraphrasing here. But then the goat that was chosen for the sacrifice would be slaughtered, and Aaron would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat, the top of the Ark of the Covenant, that was inside the Holy of Holies, inside the most holy place. This process was to purify the tabernacle because the people would go in there, you know, in their sinful state. So it was to purify the tabernacle. When he had finished purifying the tabernacle, he would lay his hands on the scapegoat. This process would allow him to place all of the sins of the people on the scapegoat. And then the sins of the people would be carried into the wilderness on the head of that scapegoat. Aaron would then go back into the tabernacle, leave the clothes he was wearing, take a bath, put on his own clothes. He would make another sacrifice for himself and the people, making them right in the eyes of God. Now, I don't know about you, but Leviticus 16 is much longer than that. And I'm tired just reading that, just that fine tooth comb of the instructions that Aaron had to go through. And the thing with it is, is that he had to go through that. And if he missed a step, forgot to check something off the list, didn't do something quite right, he could be killed for being in the presence of God in a sinful state. Being not right in the eyes of God, he could be killed. It was a very strong thing, a very, very big process. And he would die. And however, this process, though, was temporary because, as I've said, like in, when, in, if you go and read Leviticus 16, it's very detailed. And God was just like, this isn't working. Like, this just isn't working. There has to be a better way. And God was preparing a better way. This wasn't the way that it was going to be forever. God would prepare a way, a way that would handle the payment of sins once and for all. And Jesus is that way. Jesus was born to Mary and lived a perfect life. And there's a lot to the person of Jesus that we'll cover in actually next week's episode. I'm really excited about that one. But he lived a perfect life. One of the requirements for a sacrifice not mentioned that I didn't mention in this whole process is found in Exodus 12 verses 5 and 46 where it says that they had to be perfect without any defects and this is the passover sacrifice that they had to make it had to be perfect without any defects so perfect without sin is the sacrifice that Jesus had to be here and not to be broke and no bones had to be broken and that's um something that's fulfilled with Jesus when they don't break his bones when they don't break his legs to help the crucifixion process but here like this whole perfect thing like applies to Jesus, which is why he had to live a perfect life. Jesus lived the perfect life no human being before him or after him could live. This made him the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And Jesus made the payment when he died on the cross. He made the payment once and for all for sin. God provided a way through Jesus for us to come to him. Jesus took all of the punishment for us, as Isaiah 53 says, And we are made right in the eyes of God because of Jesus. So talk about God making a way. God always makes a way. It says in Isaiah 43 that that God makes a way in the wilderness. And that's talking about when he's doing a new thing for us and when we don't quite understand life. And God makes a way for us that we hadn't seen before in this dry place that we might be in in life. And God makes a way for us. God made a way for Israel when he parted the Red Sea and they thought their backs were against the wall and that they were going to be recaptured by Israel. God made a way for them. God makes ways for us. But this way that God made is a way that is totally uncomprehendable. As John 3.16 says, and we've looked at John 3.16 and 17, but we looked at John 3.16 a couple times in this series where it says God loved the world and he sent his son. He sent his son to die for us so that we could have eternal life. That is what God, that is the way that God was providing because throughout the Bible, no one could be in the presence of God. Wherever God was, people couldn't be. When he was resting on Mount Sinai, the instructions to the Israelite people were do not touch the mountain because I'm here. And that space was holy, and that space was where God dwelt, and we couldn't be there and that's the same thing with the holy holies, the most holy place of the tabernacle. God was there with the people, but they could not go in there, only if they were right in the eyes of God, they could go in there, and that process. So this this way that God made through Jesus now allows us, because of the sacrifice of Jesus and through Jesus, we are made right in the eyes of God, and we can enter into God's presence because of Jesus. That's why the veil tore in the tabernacle when Jesus was crucified, when Jesus finally died. That veil tore signifying that this was the new way, that Jesus was the way to Jesus, as it says in John 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. That's the way that God made for us with Jesus being the sacrifice and the payment for our sins. The payment that had to be made because the payment for sin is death. So, I hope that this this makes sense and I hope that this encourages you. And there's nothing more that I can really say about it, but... God provided a way, a big way, and not just different ways, but God provided a way for us to come to him no matter where we are in life, no matter where we, no matter what we've done, God comes to us and God, sorry, God came to us in Jesus and was a sacrifice for us so that we can be with God and in the presence of God. Jehovah Jireh made a way. The Lord provided a way for us. And it's just amazing when we think about it. We see all the things that God does, and sometimes we might miss the fact that God sent his son to provide a way. So we don't have to bring goats to church with us when we go, or we don't have to sacrifice something to be right with God. That sacrifice was already made through Jesus.